Hi, this is James Devine, and I am an educator who has come out of the trenches. Listen in as my friend and colleague Dana Goodyear shares stories and tips from other educators who have come out of the trenches. Welcome to the Out of the Trenches podcast. This is Dana Goodyear. Thanks for listening. My next guest is Jeff Bradbury. He is a director of digital learning and the creator of the TeacherCast Educational Network. With a background in music education, Jeff began performing in front of live audiences at a very early age. He grew to love the opportunities he had working with others. During the 2019 through 20 school year, Jeff began work in Norwalk Public Schools where he was recruited to create and teach a broadcast journalism and technology curriculum that introduced marketing, app development, podcasting, and live broadcasting components into the West Rocks Middle School community. From 2020 to 2023, he served the district as its first lead instructional coach for digital learning. And in 2023, Jeff began a new job as a director of digital learning for Region 9 School District, serving the communities of Easton and Reading, Connecticut. Welcome to the podcast, Jeff. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Well, you know, I reached out to you because we're both part of the Teach Better uh, podcast network, and you also have um, started the um, Teacher Cast Educational Network. We'll get to those questions about both of the both your um, Ask the Tech Coach podcast and the network that you created. But let's start off with the question I ask everybody: Tell me about a time when you were in the trenches and managed to crawl out. Well, I feel like I'm in the trenches right now. In fact, um, as we're recording this, I've uh, completed my first six weeks as a new uh, administrator. Um, My current position right now, I'm in love with. I'm the director of digital learning for three school districts. And it's absolutely fantastic. I feel like every day you walk in and, you know, the fire hydrant is turned on, so to say, and you're just trying Mm -hmm. to survive every single moment of it. you know, I've been redefining that that book title of how do you make friends and influence others? Because the whole thing is just, you know, here's the vision. How do we get there? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's April. They want to leave school and you're, start, you're you know, like we're just starting out here. So yeah. having a good time with it. But like right now, I really do feel like like I'm digging the trench right now to hopefully get out of it in a few uh, few more months before the school year starts again. Mm-hmm. And this is a year-round position, correct? Yes, my yes. first. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like the, the first thing that they say is welcome. The second thing is when do you want to take your vacation days? My answers are like nah, about July and August. They're like, no, like five days you get. So yeah. <laughs> you, get, you get five. So, you know, um, everything is brand new and mm-hmm. having a good time with it. This The, the staff is amazing. My my administration team has welcomed me with open arms and I I'm just in love with the position right now and having a good time. Great, great. Well, you started the teacher cast uh, educational network uh mm-hmm. back in 2011. Yeah. Um and so you you recorded the teacher cast podcast back then and you know, I just started maybe listening to podcasts in 2009 and so in that time frame podcasts were not really a, the big thing they are now, especially yeah. in the educational realm. So yeah. So what got you into just wanting to create podcasts? You know, it, it, I fell into it. You know, I, 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 long and short, I was a music teacher before and, you know, I was a conductor and, you know, basically I was living in South Jersey, the Philadelphia region, and I had uh, 
an opera company in New York and I had an orchestra in the middle of Pennsylvania. Like I was just all over the place, but I was living the life. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Kids came and I'm a performer, so you can't be running all around. And I still had a thirst for performance. I still had a thirst for having an audience. I still had a thirst for, you know, I'm a creature of, of, you know, feedback, I guess. Mm -hmm. And the podcast medium is great because you have that you you know instead of going to a stage you bring the stage to you and your microphone is your podium and the you know the the screens are your audience and there's a lot of similarities between the music world and what i do on the show and the music world and what i do um in my current position i mean even now i'm getting asked the questions like so you're the director of like but you're a music guy i'm like just give me a chance. You'll realize that every building is an orchestra section. Every principal is a building, you know, as a section leader. When I meet with you one-on-one, those are sectionals and mm-hmm. rehearsals. And like, so I, I, I run the, I, I run teacher cast as if it was an orchestra, but I also run the school district as if it was an orchestra too. And and so I, I, I kind of make peace with the fact that I'm no longer on the stage, but um, I miss it every day. At the same time, I get a chance to stay fulfilled with that whole audience participation and getting to meet people and going to conferences and things like that. So, uh, you know, you just change one medium for the next and having a good time with it. Mm-hmm. And was that around the time when you started the Teacher Cast Network that you moved from being a music teacher to working with technology? Yeah, I started the teacher cast basically came around because I was doing some PD in my school as a music mm-hmm. teacher. Um, this is when, you know, like, should we use iPhones? How do you use iPhones? What is an iPad? Like, all you know, all of that year. And, uh, you know, one thing hit the other. I kind of met somebody who was already doing a show. We became friends. And I said, I'd love to do this for teachers. And long and short, he basically like pushed me off the tree branch and said, go fly, kid. And July 11th, 2001, I'll never forget the night. I couldn't sleep. I woke up and by one in the morning, I had the logo. I had the domain bought. I had all the social media created and it just, it just fired off and fired off and fired off. And, and here we are 12 years later, having a good time. And, you know, it's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really um, great. It says uh, just in the information that you've uh, amassed a following of more than 50,000 followers on social media um, and then you've also helped a lot of people start their own podcasts. So uh, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about like sure. um, advice. I know you have some information on your website, buildyouredubrand.com, but um, you've also given uh, training to the Teach Better Team yeah. podcasters. But what would you say to somebody who wants to start a podcast and might um, feel like, you know, they want to hit a particular niche, but um, you know, it, it might be very similar to some other podcasts and this isn't necessarily just for educators. It could be of any end. No, uh, you, 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 my answer is going to surprise you. Talk to your spouse. <laughs> uh, they say that if you can get eight episodes in, um, yeah. you're doing a good job. They say if you can get 20 episodes in, you're pretty much going to survive. And, you know, you're kind of in that lifer term. But if you yeah. think about it, you do one show every two weeks. Uh, eight episodes is four or five months, right? Mm-hmm. You do 20, that's a year, right? So if you're going to get into this, it, it is a relationship that you're purchasing. Uh, and I say purchasing because obviously there's a there's a financial cost in this, 
but it takes some time away from the family. And I always look at this as, yes, I'm in here in my office doing my thing, enjoying it, meeting people, talking, helping people, and et cetera. But I'm also then leaving this and I turn around and there's my kids. It's mm-hmm. not that I turn around and I have to drive 150 miles. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at all of this, it is a family event, even though there might only be one voice. But to 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 really answer your question, I mean, it's just a matter of having a conversation. You know, and we mm-hmm. talked about this before, like I, I'm not feeling like I'm being interviewed right now. I just feel like we're having a great conversation. And if you have an idea of who your audience is, like who's the one person you're speaking to? Just speak with that person. If you're going to do a monologue show or if you're doing a conversation, just speak to that one. Like, what does that person want? And what does that person want to hear from your guest? Mm-hmm. And in the music world, we say that the conductor is the only person on stage that doesn't make any sound. However, you are the conduit between Beethoven and the orchestra. You have to figure out what Beethoven wanted when he wrote the thing, and then you do your gestures, and that's how the orchestra needs to respond to you. It's no different than this. I kind of have an idea when I do a coaching show what my coaches are looking for if they click the play button on a show called AI in the Classroom, right? So what would my audience want to learn from this? That's what channels my question. So it's not always me asking the questions. I kind of put myself in that, okay, well, like, how does Beethoven want to hear this? And I just channel (laughs) myself through it. And I have a great time. I, you know, most of my shows I do cold. Um, I don't recommend that. Like I I totally don't recommend doing that your first year. I always say your first 50 episodes are kind of not going to be as good as your next 50 episodes. I've been doing this for 12 years. I've been, you know, thousands of episodes. I'm still learning how to do it. I still have to check myself before I even start on the microphone, even though I've come into a routine and, you know, the first, like, you know, one of my shows, it's the same line. It's the, this, it's the, that you always have to check that. Yeah. But it's still a conversation on a topic, no matter what you're doing, no matter who you're doing it with. And I love that. The conductor always walks on stage the same way, right? Yeah, yeah. And I like how you transfer that from the conducting piece. Like, like what does the audience want to hear when you're playing music that's the orchestra as a medium? Right. Which you're playing Mozart, right? And I'm in choir, so we're the medium through which we're playing what has been written, right? So exactly. But like as a podcaster, it's it's yeah, it's the medium, it's the conversation, the topic that you have during the conversation. But yep. And at the end of the day, listeners to get out of it, yeah. At at the end of the day, the orchestra doesn't need you. You're just up there waving your hands like a silly person. So what is the role of the host? Uh Yeah. Right. You start the show, you stop the show and you change tempos in the middle of it. Other than that, get out of the guests way. They're here to listen to the guest. And, you know, we can talk about, you know, advice for podcasters and things like that all day long. But really, it's just you're having a conversation. And who are you speaking to? And once you get that done, you realize there's no real need for editing because there is no editing spots you know people say um and ahs and errs and stuff like that because they're thinking well how often do you um errs and ahs when you're like out to dinner with somebody not as much because it's just a flowing conversation 
that's what I hope the podcast can be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, you have a podcast on the Teach Better Network, Ask the Tech Coach. And mm-hmm. this is, from what I understand, a uh, co-hosted uh, podcast, or do you take turns uh, with hosting duties? Uh, you know, I, it, we're up to 246 episodes mm-hmm. or so at the time of recording this. Uh, I've had the fortune to have many, many amazing co-hosts. Um, and sometimes I do the show by myself. Sometimes I do the show with others. Uh, I've had some amazing people as like my permanent wing people. And I love being able to bounce ideas off of it. Okay. I love the show. I think I love it more now because I'm not officially a coach. So it's, you know, it's it, you're getting back in the saddle, but you're in a position that's you're not there anymore. So I, I always want to keep connected. And I, I, I find I'm saying this now as I walk into schools and I'm and I'm meeting a new cast of characters at my schools like, yes, it says director of. And yes, I've got the pretty office, but I never want to forget that I'm a coach. I never want to forget that I'm a teacher. I never want to lose that connection. So I like doing this show now because it keeps me grounded. It keeps those topics. It keeps me thinking about instructional strategies as opposed to like when the day to day is yeah. spreadsheets, spreadsheets, and spreadsheets, mm-hmm. and corporate meetings, and and put out <laughs> fires and stuff like that, right? Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. I always, always want to remind myself that you know I'm a teacher. That is a very lucky to have this position, but I'm a mm-hmm. teacher, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think you see a lot of administrators struggle with that balance. They want to stay in the classrooms, but it's hard to be a principal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that I always have a baton in my hand when I walk into that classroom and here we go. We're going to have a good time with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the best sort of leader. We're directors of people that, that have like their, you know, they haven't forgotten their job of being a teacher or a coach. Yeah. I, I just have to remind the people they serve. Yeah. Right. I, I just have to remind myself that these people don't know me yet. And, the, and they see me as the central office figure coming in why is he in my classroom? And, you know, it's, it's that vibe. But I want people who I work with, especially in the classroom level, to know, like, no, I'm one of you. Like, I, my my whole job is how do you get digital learning working? I just happen to be the one making the, the calls at this point, right? But how can we help create an authentic learning experience for our students that's based and rooted through ISTE standards and digital learning practices and strategies. It's no different than the podcast. I mean, everything is focused on how do we help teachers help other teachers? How do we help teachers help their students? How do we create an environment where students and teachers want to be together, creating an amazing authentic learning experience? Yeah, there's always going to be more, you know, learning, uh, more new things out there for the teachers to learn. I mean, you know, Three years ago during the pandemic was that big learning curve for a lot of people, but you know, there's still things that people haven't tried and there's always new apps and, and new ways of uh, presenting material and having kids work with things that we need the, the coaches and the directors <laughs> of digital learning. It's, it's ABC always be coaching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've also given a TEDx talk called creating a spark of innovation. Uh, could you talk to me a little bit about that? I am so fortunate to have been accepted. Um, 2016. I keep it's it's. I keep calling it my first. Um, I wish it was my first, um, which means I'd like to get a second one. Um, but I had an opportunity to to talk about my kids, 
and I had an opportunity to talk about the the journey that I was on at the time and I still on their their nine year old triplets right now. And it was an amazing experience to get up there and to do it. And I remember preparing and preparing and preparing. And at the end of the day, I on the drive up, I just basically had a conversation with myself and said, screw this. I'm going to wing it. And even and and I I ripped up everything that I was going to do the night before. And basically all of my slides just turned into pictures, uh, mostly of the kids. And I I just spoke from the heart and it's no different than the podcast. I mean, it's again, I'm not sitting here writing a script and then giving a monologue like mm-hmm. here's the topic. We're all educators. I'm going to teach you. And I think the thing that I'm mostly surprised at from that TED talk, and I did not plan this. at This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get back to the episode. All, I think it was like 18 minutes and 12 seconds, and 18 minutes is like the cutoff, right? So I don't know how I got it right on the 18-minute mark, but that was my biggest accomplishment <laughs> for that day. Like I, I had no idea where I was in the time, and I didn't care, right? Like you've yeah. got the stage, run with it. But when I got <laughs> off the stage and they're like, you did it, 18 minutes, I'm like, damn. Uh-huh. So that was awesome on that one. But no, it, it and I would recommend anybody try that stuff. I would also recommend if we're going to keep on that topic. Um, recently, about a year and a half ago, I joined a, a professional organization called the Toastmasters. And a Toastmasters is, is a um, public speaking uh, international society or whatever you want to call it. But every other week we do Toastmasters meetings here and it's an opportunity to, to stand up and to try things and to test it out. It's you know, you hear a lot of 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 standups. You know, they go to the clubs and they try all these different things, and then they go and do like their Netflix special, right? That's what I see Toastmasters as. You know, every week you're getting up, you're trying material, you're trying different things, you're practicing, you're getting feedback, you're seeing others. So that way, when you do have a class, or you do have an ISTE session, or you do get your TED talk, or you do get your uh, opportunity to be on your podcast, like all of these different things. Are, are, are steps to prepare you for real world authentic scenarios. A, a job interview is just as important as a TED talk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so to- Toastmasters is something I've heard about. I've never mm-hmm. actually gone to a meeting, but do they then meet in person weekly? And then does everybody get a chance to kind of or somebody yeah. who has an upcoming presentation. So how does that work? Are you I mean, I, 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 I can only speak for my own club, but essentially a Toastmasters meeting, and I'll do this in the 30 seconds here. It's in three parts. Uh, there's always the presentations of prepared speeches. So, you know, every meeting in our club, like one person, between one and three people get up and they do like a four to seven minute prepared speech. And okay. there there's an evaluation process. So somebody gets up and, you know, says nice things about them. Um, And then the second half, they do what's called table topics, which is essentially a one to three minute improv. And the table Mm -hmm. topics master gets up and, you know, here's the topic, go speak on it. And and I love that because I love doing improv. That's that's the podcaster coming out again. the, The TED talk was all off the cuff. Right. So I love being able just to get up there and riff and see that, you know, on the top of my head. In one minute, in 60 seconds, can you do an intro, three supporting things, a closing, and then a coda? 
So essentially, can I do a five paragraph essay if you're looking at it in teacher terms, all mm -hmm. off the top of my head on this random topic? Mm -hmm. And can you can you come out of it alive? Now, what is that? You translate that into our world as teachers, right? Mom walks into the parent teacher conference and says, how's my kid doing? What's going to come out of your mouth? You have a minute. You have to do your this is where we are with Johnny. Here's three things that Johnny likes doing. Here's what I need Johnny to do. Thanks. See you later. Have a good time. So all of this improv directly goes back into the classroom, directly goes into when I walk into the superintendent's office, it's here's the thing. Here's three reasons why we're looking for it. What do you think? Thanks. See ya. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. all real world, authentic training. And I would highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also something like for interviews as well. That helps. A hundred percent. Yeah. What is so, an interview question, right? Give me the yeah. situation. Give me the uh, star method situation. Give me the reaction. Give me the action steps. And then tell me what's going to happen next. Learn how to speak in that little, you know, what they call the star method. You, can, you guys can Google that one. But that's how you present your topics. But you realize it's just a lesson plan. And then you mm -hmm. realize as a podcaster, no, it's your show. Welcome to my show. Here's the three things. Call to action. See you later. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's uh that's good um to let people know about that. And I think those are, you know, a lot of people getting into those spaces, uh, whether it be, you know, going into uh professional development, whether they are looking to um, you know, speak to a greater uh audience at a TED TED talk or mm -hmm. keynoting. I think, you know, Toastmasters is a great way to get that feedback at the local level before you actually have that yeah. um, speech, right? So thanks for um, including that. Um, in, in terms of uh, conferences, uh, I know you probably have presented in past years at ISTE, but now with this new role, are you planning on uh, presenting at ISTE or any other conferences oh, yeah. coming up? Okay. Um, ISTE this year is in Philadelphia, my hometown. I feel like it's a home game. I'm, I know I'm, if you come and see me, I'm buying pretzels for everybody, right? Like it's, I'm looking forward to this. I do have some sessions coming up. I think I'm on a Sunday and a Monday and I'm trying okay. to find all these other sessions happening and stuff, but I'm absolutely looking forward to it. Looking forward to being there with my family, walking around. And again, it's a professional time for me. It's not summer vacation anymore. So. <laughs> you know, um, having a good time with all that and looking forward to seeing, you know, even last year at, at in New Orleans, it was great to see everybody. I'm hoping to see more people this year, hoping that this year I don't walk out of ISTE with COVID like I did last year, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, but those great, you know, those conferences are always great opportunity, like, like the Teach Better Conference as well, to connect with people that you know through a variety of, you know, what you do just and what you've been doing for the past 11 years. Absolutely. Um, and you also on your website, you talk about um, that you do some tech coaching um, kind of as a side gig for districts. And I was just wondering, is that something you're still able to do or uh, maybe do virtually um, every so often? And what could people expect if they wanted to work with you? You know, I've been busy recently and and I love that. And, and and this is always the busy time of year where I get a chance to meet educators, whether they be coaches or looking to be coaches. And I mean, even last week, I, I did a two and a half hours with somebody who was looking to get a, a new coaching job 
couldn't figure out how to break through the interview cycle. And it was just an awesome experience. And I love being in this position to be able to help other people. But like we went through their resume, we did interview questions, we did, uh, you know, how do you search for things? How do you prepare your portfolio? I mean, we did like a good two and a half hours and we called that part one. And, and I love those experiences of being able to help out teachers with their careers, with their passions, uh, you know, and again, on the top of the website, it's always been a place for teachers to help other teachers or a place for coaches to help other coaches. I do also enjoy working with school districts. I've had the fortunate over the last 12 years to be able to help out, bring in coaching programs, maintain coaching programs. How do you make the most out of coaching programs? I mean, I'm working on my book right now that is about how do you create and maintain a positive cult, uh, culture for digital learning? through the use of instructional coaches. So there's so much out there and I love working with school districts. So, you know, if you're an educator, coach, or an administrator, please reach out. I'm happy to work with you. And I think it's important that we all have these discussions, whether they be short conversations or long-term programs and projects, the concept of, how do we create these authentic learning experiences? Or, you know, I really want to be a coach. How do I get there? Do I need to get Google level one or MIE or whatever it happens to be? And and what does that mean for my portfolio, my resume? And I love those questions. I mean, I, I'm right now coming off the high of landing where I am right now. So I, I love this topic and would love to share these experiences and, and, and opportunities with people. So that way they can also benefit from this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For somebody who's been in that role, like in, in working through, you know, just the interview cycle and knowing kind of what districts expect. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's great. They're able to support people. Uh, I did want to hear a little bit more about your book um, in terms of when you could expect um, completion or it to be out and who are you publishing that through? Well, some of those questions I can answer. Um, uh, right now, the only thing on my mind is that it's due to the publisher on July 1st. Okay. And right now, I've got a team of 20 plus or so fantastic, loving souls who are reading it and ripping it apart and helping me through it. And we're going to, we're, you know, currently right now, we're working through the Ask the Tech Coach podcast. We're doing, you know, a, a show. And then I write the chapter and then we do a show mm -hmm. and then I write the chapters. That way I can talk about it first okay. and I can get my mind out and you and I can kind of back and forth on these things and then I can write it. And that's just how I work as a musician of, you know, we got to do the rehearsal first and then I'll put my notes down and I'm having fun writing it. Um, it's hard. It's really, really hard. And it's, it's more intense writing than I've ever done, but I think when you look at it, you're going to say, this is the book that we need. This is the book that's not out there. It's not a book for coaches. It's not a book about coaches, but it's a book for, I always say, instructional coaches and digital learning leaders. So it's the, how do you set up the, how do you create the stadium and then build the team so that that way you can win the game? So if the team is the coaches and the stadium is the digital learning box around it, how do you put the frame around everything? And how do you do that in a way that it's standards-based? And how do you build the team so that way you have a first baseman and a catcher and a pitcher and a right fielder, and they all complement each other because you can't just have a bunch of first basemen. 
You have to have lefties and righties. You have to have pitchers and outfielders. So it's it's the how do you put all of this together? And again, I'm just so fortunate enough to be walking into my current position. Like this is the position. And here's the manual for how we're going to move forward. And, and, you know, and then how do you use that to your advantage Mm -hmm. and how do we get there? So I talk a lot about the innovation curve and how do we get people from the right side of the innovation curve to the left side of the innovation curve? Yeah. And um, just kind of uh, a lot of the things that you talk about in your podcast having to do with what you're experiencing as well. Um, in this new role, right? And then you're just using um, a lot of the day-to-day experience um, when you write some of the chapters. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I'm not, you know, I don't go to work and then podcast about it. Like that, that's not yeah. going to fly. That's certainly not kosher. But there's certain things that are universal that I've been talking about for years, right? Why should you have a great looking Google site website that's got all of these amazing things and your kids can go to it and it's great. But on the other side of the school district, I don't have a great looking website because maybe I don't want to do that. Or maybe I don't have those skills or maybe I never thought about putting that stuff up there. Why are my kids at a disadvantage that doesn't work on the equity scale? So how do we create an environment where we're both sharing the same thing and maybe you can motivate me to do things or you can teach me how to do things. But at the same time, if you've got stuff on all of these great Padlet walls, for instance, mm-hmm. can, can my kids take advantage of that too? And that's not a lazy thing. That's a strategic thing. So how do we put everybody in a position where we're all learning from each other? And if you're going to work for five minutes and I work for five minutes, then our kids are going to get 15 minutes of of advantage out of that. And I'm a big believer in an addition by addition. So how do we build an environment where everybody wins? Yeah, it's about not recreating the wheel. 100%. 100%. And right now I'm the guy that makes the wheels. And that's awesome, right? Uh But as a coach, you're the one that connects the wheels, right? You you are the, you know, a coach is a fulcrum. They're at the, and I don't, I, I use these terms lightly, but you're at the top of the teacher chain because you're the mentor coming down. But you're also at the bottom of the administrator chain because you're the ambassador for what the classroom is saying. So you're in this middle ground where the sand is dripping and you need to make sure that when the sand is coming from the administration into the classroom, you're the voice. You are the one that says how we're going to meet the demands and the needs of the strategic plan and the district plan and the the dips and the pips and all that other good stuff. And it's a matter of how do we build that box so that way the student is the one taking advantage of everything. And then how do you do it successfully so that way they, like you know, I want to learn how to do this. I need to learn how to do this because, and again, so innovation curve right to left is basically the book. So in your role, you do um, work a lot with the tech coaches in the different districts, but also sometimes you work directly with the teachers in the classroom. In my current position, which has been six weeks, I am trying really hard to sit in my office and learn as much as possible. But at the same time, I'm trying really hard to not be in my office at all. So I've got some projects that I'm working on and I'm using those projects to go meet people. Usually when you're in an administrative role, you do like the listening walk and you go around and you meet people. And and I'm, I'm using the projects that I'm working on right now to do so. And 
certain projects I'm working on require both, you know, teacher, administrative, library, IT. I mean, we're redesigning our communications plan. So this requires everybody like, you know, the new guy can't come in and change everything around. It's a community event. There's history. There's all of these different legacy items. So I'm using this to really get a sense of where they are. I'm using this to really help the district get a sense and feel of who I am and my personality and how I work and how I think and where the visions and stuff are, because eventually we're going to be sitting down and having the hard conversations about when you walk into a classroom, what do you want to see from the teacher? So we're looking at things like portrait of a graduate and I'm walking in going, well, what's the portrait of a classroom? Because before you say, what do I want the student to look like as they leave? We have to say, how do we want to get them there? And that's the fun part. So, you know, making friends and influencing others. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely just getting a feel for what their needs are and, you know, how to move that forward. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of moving parts. <laughs> like you yeah. said, the and, and, district and improvement plan. Everything. I, I'll be honest. I I've been there for six weeks. I've probably made six times five. I've probably made a hundred mistakes, right? Some of them big, some of them small. We all do that. So how do you keep moving forward and how do you not let the egos fly? Cause look, it's the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've had a great conversation about your background and some of the work that you've done uh, with podcasting and influencing others just through your, um, work as a tech coach and uh, podcaster out of everything we talked about on the podcast, what's one thing you'd like listeners to remember? I think the one thing I want people to remember is that if you think you can or can't, you're always right. It's just a motto that I've had. It's a motto that I talked about for many, many years. Even when I was an orchestra teacher, I made up this big, huge poster. Actually, my kids made up this big, huge poster and gave it to me one day. It's the, it's, it's a Henry Ford quote, but basically look, if you think you can stand on a, on a stage, Go stand on a stage. If you think you can conduct a Carnegie Hall, go for it. You think you can raise triplets, go for it. If you think you can advance your career to go be X, Y, and Z, don't let anybody stop you. Have a vision, have a plan, have a backup, and then have a backup for that backup. But always make sure that you are in a position. And if you don't, or if you need help, come and ask the tech coach. I'm always happy to help. Mm -hmm. Where can people uh, connect with you and find you online? You can always go over to teachercast.net. We've got a whole mess of stuff. I mean, I've got, you know, parts on there about how do you do podcasting with your students? How do you get them to be good writers? How do you do video? How do you make websites? Uh, mm -hmm. You had mentioned the build your EDU brand stuff. That's all personal connected of branding. How do you build a marketing plan and how do you build a podcast and a, a newsletter and drip can like all of that stuff. You can kind of see where my career has been just by looking at the dates on the posts, essentially. And there's so much stuff there. And honestly, I don't even promote it all. Uh, I mean, the last six months of podcasts, I probably have only put two of them out on social media just because that's the one thing I don't have time to do. So head on over to teachercast.net. You can find everything there. Askthetechcoach.com is my coaching resources. But, you know, please just feel free to reach out. Feedback at teachercast.net. Would love to have you. And I'll kind of end as I always end, but, you know, keep up the great work in your classrooms, everybody. And please continue sharing your passions with the world. Thank you so much for being on the Out of the Trenches podcast today. It was a pleasure having you on. My pleasure. My book, Out of the Trenches, Stories of Resilient Educators, has now been published. You can access it through Amazon, 
You can buy it at the Road to Awesome website, or you can get it through my website at danagoodyear.com. Please leave a review, and you can also access it on Kindle. Check out the show notes on danagoodyear.com to learn more about this guest and links to their social media. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you download this podcast. Tell your friends and colleagues about it. And if this episode resonates, especially with you, be sure to share it out on social media and tag me at out of trenches PC. Mm-hmm.